Hi, welcome to Let's Talk Forex. This week we decided to revisit one of our most popular episodes, The Fundamentals of Trading. Because we received so many questions about how to get started and what Forex trading is, we took a rather deep dive into the topic, and so this is a slightly longer episode. Please keep sending through your questions. Our email address is podcast at fxscouts.com. Enjoy. Hey, Alison. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Uh, gearing up to leave California at the end of this week, finally. But um, it's been a good trip. It's been a good trip. I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Um yeah. Um, so I guess I just uh, thought we'd jump straight in here because it might be a bit of a long episode. Um, yeah. And we, yeah, we recorded our first podcast on the 2nd of June, 2022. Um, and it was on the fundamentals of trading. And it's still our most downloaded episode. So as we said last week, we thought we'd revisit the topic today. Um, and in that episode, we covered a lot of the basics. Um, so it is important, if you haven't listened to that episode, that um, you listen to that before diving into this one. Yeah, in that episode we talked about what Forex trading is and how trading works for retail traders, for individuals, where your money goes when you trade with a Forex broker. And we, we covered a bit of, um, of uh, risk and, and trading psychology. But in this episode we're going to go into a bit more detail on currency pairs, uh, how they're represented in Forex trading. And we're also going to discuss what drives the Forex market um, and the importance of fundamental and technical analysis. And then at the end, we're going to cover uh, some of the main risks in Forex trading. So it's kind of like a, a fundamentals of trading part two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the term Forex is short for foreign exchange. And uh, this is where different currencies are exchanged by millions of people all over the world. And um, so, you know, as we said, a quick run through of the basics. And as we explained in part one, Forex trading is essentially exchanging one currency for another. And it happens yeah. all the world, every day. Yeah, it happens happens all the time. Uh, and I'm sure everybody listening to this has done it at some point. You know, uh, you know, if you're a tourist, you travel from one country to another, you're going to have to exchange currency in order to pay for a local product. Uh, so euros, for instance, are useless for an Italian tourist in Egypt because uh, euros are not a locally accepted currency. So tourists has to exchange their euros for um, the local currency, Egyptian pounds, and they have, to, they have to exchange them at the exchange rate of that day, of that time. Yeah. Um, and another example is um, when you purchase a product made overseas. So if someone living in the US buys a bottle of French wine, then they pay for it in dollars, but the wine has already been paid for in euros when it was imported. So this basically means that somewhere along the line, either the wine producer or the importer, the American importer, had to have exchanged the equivalent of US dollars into euros. Um, so this is another example of how forex trading happens, um, you know, all over. Yeah, it happens all over in everyday life, um, and in business especially. So yeah, that's the basic gist of forex trading. Um, but it's also important to remember with forex trading that uh, it's not a centralized market. So the New York Stock Exchange and other stock markets is a central marketplace. and um, But for foreign exchange, it's something called um, OTC or over-the-counter. And it's decentralized. And 
all transactions occur via computer networks between traders around the world. Um, and because it's decentralized, it can it can happen 24 hours a day. You know, the New York Stock Exchange opens at 9 and closes, uh, closes at 5. But um, the Forex market never closes. So it runs 24 hours a day, 5 days a week. And it's also important to note that it's the largest financial market in the world by a long way. It's well over 6 trillion US dollars a day go through the Forex market. And this is mainly, um, most of the Forex uh, trading is done by large companies like banks, um, institutional investors, uh, governments, so countries as well, big pension funds, hedge funds. These are the kind of people that are the kind of companies that are, that are moving the market, as it were. And um, just on that point, um, because it's such a big market, it is the most liquid market in the world. Um, but also, it's less, um, you know, it's less vulnerable to market manipulation because there's so many big players involved. Um, so, so that's why we also recommend forex trading is is that you're not going to have much market manipulation. Um, yep. So, how are currencies represented? Well, they are assigned a three-letter code. Um, so it looks something like you'd find on a stock's ticker symbol. And um, because there are 100, even though there are 170 currencies worldwide, the US dollar and the euro are the most um, commonly traded currencies. Um, the US dollar is represented as USD. And then the euro, which is the second most popular currency in the forex market, and it, it's accepted by 19 current countries in the, in the European Union. Um, and its code is EUR. So the US dollar and the euro are the so the biggest um, biggest currencies that are traded, um, which is why we also talk about the euro USD all the time. It's sort of a benchmark for us in terms of of trading costs when we uh, rate our brokers. Yeah, and then there's there's a few other major currencies as well that are quite heavily traded. Um, these are the Japanese yen, which is represented by JPY. Uh, the British pound, which is represented by GBP, the Australian dollar, which is AUD, the Canadian dollar, CAD, the Swiss franc, uh, which is CHF, and the New Zealand dollar, which is NZD. NZD. Uh, so yeah, those are the those are the major major currencies that are that are traded, and the currencies are traded in pairs. And each currency pair will represent the exchange rate for the two currencies. And if you look at the euro USD, for an example, the currency on the left, the EUR, the euro, that's called the base currency when we're trading forex. And the currency on the right, in this case, the US dollar or the USD, that's called the quote currency. And the exchange rate will represent how much of the quote currency is needed to buy one unit of the base currency. So how many, in this case, how many US dollars are needed to buy one euro? Um, so as a result, the base currency is always rep expressed as a single unit, as one unit, while the quote currency will vary based on the current market and how much is needed uh, to buy one unit of the base currency. And this is this is what we call the price, and that's the price that will move uh, when you're trading forex. Yeah, or the exchange rates, I guess, as well. Um, yeah. And they they're usually represented um, with the base currency first and the and the quote currency second. Um, so in most most forex pairs, that's that's how you'll see it. Um, and and like any other market, um, these prices are set by supply and demand of sellers and buyers. But there also are other sort of bigger or macro forces at play in the market. So demand for particular currencies is also influenced by interest rates, central bank policy, 
the pace of economic growth, and then the political environment of the country in question. And these are the fundamental causes of price movements. So looking at these factors um, to predict future price movement is called fundamental analysis. Yeah, and then and then, but supply and demand is also affected by market psychology and price history. And the study of these factors to determine future price—that's called technical analysis. You know, and these are the, two, the twin pillars basically of analyzing the market. It's fundamental and technical, and and technical analysis is a huge field of study, um, and it's heavily reliant on indicators. So, but first, let's talk about fundamental analysis. Uh, you mentioned there, you know, it's it's about determining which economic factors will affect the supply and demand of a country's currency. To put it simply, if there's an increasing demand or a reduction in supply, then a trader is going to assume that the price of a currency will rise. Conversely, if there's a reduction in demand or an increase in supply, then the price of a currency should fall. Exactly. And a lot of traders ask, like, where do they find this information for particular pairs or whatever asset they're following. And the simplest way to analyze the economic risks which affect the supply and demand of the currency is to follow an economic calendar. So this calendar helps you to understand the impact of the strength or weakness of a country's economic stance on its currency. Um, and we'll put a we'll put a, um, a link to our economic calendar calendar in our show notes. Um, but it's fairly easy to find economic calendars. Most brokers have economic calendars um, on their sites, so it's it's not difficult to find an economic calendar. Um, but once fundamental analysts have determined the value of an asset, they then compare it with the current asset's price to see if the asset is over or undervalued. And basically, the overriding assumption um, that fundamental analysts are making is that the price will eventually revert to its true value. So if the price is undervalued, then a trader would probably decide to buy the assets because they think that the price will go up. And if it is overvalued or overbought, they would then sell the asset because they would realize that the price is going to go down um, if, it, if it's not sort of representative of the true value of that currency. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the basics of fundamental analysis. But with technical analysis, which is quite different, uh, traders analyze historical prices. They don't, they're not really that fussed about, you know, the economic situation of a country. They're, they're looking at historical prices and they look at market data um, of an asset to determine where the asset is going to go next. Um, and they do this on charts. Uh, technical analysis is very much chart-based. Uh, so charts, you know, they're the best way to visualize past price and to recognize patterns. And these patterns are incredibly important to technical analysis. They give hints about future price movements and and if the situation is going to, you know, especially if a pattern looks like it's going to repeat. As well as using charts to study market prices, technical traders will also use indicators, as I mentioned previously. You know, so and this is stuff we've talked about recently, I think, in previous podcasts, you know. So indicators such as the moving averages, uh, relative strength index, Bollinger Bands, and they'll use these um, tactically uh, in, a day, in a day trading environment in order to determine future price movement. And uh, as we've also spoken about before, if, if you generally use the um, sort of predefined settings on these different indicators, you'll often find that the market it'll it'll sort of move in that direction because everybody's seeing those those same indicators, which is why they're they're such power you know such powerful uh, sort of predictors of price movement. Um, yeah. And technical analysis 
is based on three key assumptions. So the first is that all information is already factored into the price. The second is that price moves and trends. This is a very important uh, part of technical analysis. And the third is that history repeats itself. So for the first assumption that all information is factored into the price, it assumes that all the information um, that you'll gain from an asset can be um, determined by the price of that asset. So if you study the price, uh, the price action of an asset, um, it's enough to understand what's going on with the market participants. So there's no need to assess individual risk factors. Um, and price action yep. trading is a very uh, popular method um, of trading. Something we'll cover in a, in a future podcast, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will. We will cover that. And the second thing you mentioned there is that prices move in trends. And this is something that um, is a really important assumption. So it's ba technical analysis based on market trends. Um, when prices are trending, the assumption is that the next price movement is more likely than not to be in the direction of the trend rather than just being random. And, um, you know, and this is this is based on market psychology, as, as I mentioned before. You know, when markets when markets moving in trend, it's it's usually a result of herd psychology. So technical technical analysts are always looking to see where the trend is moving currently, um, and also the strengths of that trend. Mm -hmm. And so when when trading, technical analysts are seeking to identify whether the trend is going upwards, downwards, or sideways. These are the three directions that the trend will move in. Yeah. Um, and then the last assumption is that history repeats itself. So many technical analysts believe that if they study past price movements, then they can predict future price actions. Um, and the basis of this is that market participants behaved in one way in the past, and therefore they're likely to behave in a similar way in the future. Um, and when they recognize a, a price pattern that is comparable to what was formed in the past, they know that they should buy or sell the assets, hoping that the price will move in a similar way. And because market participants keep reacting in the same way, there is a self-fulfilling prophecy aspect in technical analysis, which is why it yep. is effective. Yeah, um, and as a result, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful predictor of a price. Um, but it's important, I think, to use both of fundamental and technical analysis in conjunction with each other. Fundamental analysis gives you a good grounding. It gives you a good baseline of what the markets, what you, you know, a kind of range that you would expect the markets to move in. And then once you're actually trading uh, in your in your trading day, then you can use technical analysis to really focus on exit and entry points. But yeah, uh, that's technical and fundamental analysis. Uh, but they want to cover um, some of the main risks of forex trading quickly. The main the main difference with forex trading and other forms of trading is that forex trading requires leverage, and traders use margin. So leverage is essentially when you borrow money from your broker to trade. Uh, most most forex traders will deposit a small amount of capital, and if you were trading without leverage, this would really limit your profitability because the movements in the forex market are generally very very small. But by borrowing money from your broker, by getting leverage from your broker, you can radically increase your profitability. So leverage ranges from thirty to one, which is what you'll find um, is the maximum in in most of Europe and uh, in the UK and in Australia. It's the maximum, which means for every dollar that you put in of your own money you can borrow 30 from your broker. But then brokers who are regulated outside of Europe in a lot of small island states, I mean, they don't necessarily have leverage limits. And you can see leverage go all the way up to 3,000 to 1 in, in some cases, which um, 
I don't think we recommend for beginners. It can get pretty dangerous. So for every dollar that you put in, 3,000 to one leverage, you can borrow 3,000 uh, from your broker. Uh, but this will depend on your broker and its regulation. And, and leverage is great, look, if you're winning, but, um, and it can really magnify profits, but it can also really magnify losses. And, you know, and those losses can be even more than your initial deposit. So you can end up owing your broker money in extreme cases. Um, you can fall what we call a negative balance. And, you know, you can also, but even without going into a negative balance, you can open yourselves up to something called margin calls, which uh, a broker will basically force you. If you do not have enough margin, if you do not have enough uh, money in your trading account to cover your losses, your broker will automatically close your trading positions and it will force you to sell at a loss. Uh, so even if you don't end up in negative balance, there's still a high risk of losing a lot of money uh, with leverage. And this, that's the main risk with Forex, um, with Forex trading. Other risks include um, uh, transaction costs, which is um, these, these every trade you make, you're going to be uh, paying a small amount to your broker. And these can eat into profitability, especially if you, if you trade heavily. And uh, especially for scalpers who open and close many positions a day, they sort of uh, open themselves up to the risk of, of, you know, losing or not being as profitable as they expected. Yeah, exactly. Scalpers are at high risk. So if you, especially if you're a scalper, you want to watch those transaction costs. Mm, absolutely. Um, and and the, other, the other thing that can increase, you know, your risk is uh, when the market is very volatile um, and there's less liquidity, brokers will also increase the spread. Uh, which might also eat into your into your profits. So, so that's something else to be aware of um, when you start trading. Um, and to, and on top of that, you should also keep in mind that if you're a retail trader trading foreign currencies, you're basically a little fish in a pond of very skilled professional professional traders who have a much bigger impact on the markets and who can cause unexpected market movements. Um, so sometimes the fundamentals are are you know pointing to in one direction um but you'll get a big player that'll do something quite unexpected um whether they have to quickly sell a whole lot of you know securities or whatever it is um so it, it's it's very important to to manage your risk um with stop losses and take profits um as we've spoken about in many previous episodes and uh, you know just in terms of the statistics um on average 71 percent of retail traders lose money but you can yep. Reduce this risk by educating yourself, practicing good risk management, which is probably the most important thing, and using a demo account for a long while before you jump into real trading. It'll give you a good feel for what the markets do, how they react, and also um, just whether your trading strategy is a sound strategy. Um, and it'll also prove whether your psychology is strong enough to be a trader. It takes a lot of uh, like nerves of steel to be a trader, um, you know, so, so yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's there's a, it's yeah, you have to have a mixed bag. But I think the most important thing for me, I mean, as as um, you know, when we had our interview with um, the head of analysis at, at Pepstone, Chris Weston, and you know, and the thing that he he said that really jumped out at me is that you know, in your first year of trading, don't expect to make a profit. Mm -hmm. Just keep your balance. If you if you start end your first year of trading with the same amount of money in your trading account. Uh, that you started with, consider that a success. Yeah, you know, take your time. Don't spend too much money, and just try and get a feel for the markets. Yeah, and be patient. Be patient. Um, yeah, and uh, and and you'll learn a lot about risk management that way. Yeah, and there's some great um, education online. I mean, 
uh, Pepper Stone's really got some good stuff. So, yeah. you know, just educate yourself. There's, there's plenty of free material available. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, thanks, thanks for listening. So next week we are going to talk about um, timing in Forex and uh, we're going to talk about the best times to trade and when not to trade Forex. Um, yeah. yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, please send them through to us. Our email address is podcast at fxscouts.com. Yeah, thanks so much, Alison. I'll speak to you speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Chris. Bye.